The following podcast is part of the 6040 Network. Hello and welcome to Everything Small Business, your shortcut to start, build, manage and grow your small business. I'm Spencer and in today's episode I sit down with small business owner Chris Morden from Electric Fitness as part of our new mini-series called Share Your Small Business Story. During this conversation we dive into Chris's journey on launching Electric Fitness, his key learnings about local council permits and tips on building a strong community of passionate members. Chris, it's great to have you on the show. Welcome to Everything Small Business. Okay, now to paint a bit of a picture here for our listeners, we're currently sitting in the foyer here at Electric Fitness. I must say it's one of the best presented boxes that I've been to. It's uh, very new, very clean, different to, I guess, some of the other boxes that I've been to in the past that were more sort of raw or or grungy. have definitely gone for a more quality or a a high elevation, I guess. And that goes to show with some of the brands that you've got here with from Rogue to Alpha, Fit and Verve. So Chris, tell us a bit about how this all got started. What made you want to start Electric Fitness? So Electric Fitness opened in July, 2019. But prior to that, probably two years prior to that, I had, I guess, the big idea and dream to actually maybe run CrossFit Affiliate or a CrossFit box. I was a member at other CrossFit gyms on the Gold Coast and I sort of liked the model of the way it worked. Um, At the time, I had an IT company where I was working from home. It was quite successful to the point where I was sort of getting into a little bit of a semi-retired state, only doing like two hours a day. I was really training, you know, I'm in a CrossFit class. Did a bit of research and I could see that the model would probably suit me being that you had to be a bit of an entrepreneur in terms of running an independent gym. Sort of when that sort of planted the seed um, in my mind, I started doing serious research on how to maybe uh, start a gym. And then, yeah, all ramped up to opening it in 2019. Why I started it, I guess it's just sort of a mix of passions. I got into CrossFit style training in my late 30s and I just really enjoy the training. Um, like what everyone says, it's like a few things to do with the training, it gets you into shape, you commit yourself to it. There's the community side of it. You're part of a little tribe that's in your local community. And yeah, it just brought me a lot of happiness. And I just thought I had the time to maybe give it a go. Um, and I also had the capital behind me to also seriously give it a go as well without worrying too much that if it fails or if it doesn't work, it's not the end of the world. I've got other stuff I could fall back on. Having that plan B, did that, I guess, there that gave you more confidence to be able to pursue it? Yeah, I even had a few chats with a few friends and they sort of knew sort of my, I guess, my financial sort of situation and what I had been doing for a while. They were like, Chris, just go for it. It's like you've got a free shot to have a go at this. I can understand why you're doing it. It makes sense for you to give this a go. I can understand as well, I guess. Because I, I, yeah, similar having an IT background or you sit in the office, I'd get up at five in the morning, go training, but to be able to train and, you know, make it more of your, your job than your, your business. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that was the other thing was that at the end of the day, I was, had an, it's IT business, but also, you know, running an independent gym also is a business as well. And that really excited me as well. And I thought my IT background would really help that side of the business. I didn't have to worry about accounting business practices. That stuff actually has been all really easy. What's been hard for me is just actually the day-to-day of running an independent gym and what that really means, the energy it takes. That's been where I've had to learn heaps. But now that two years in, it's definitely a lot easier than when I first started. 
But that's what excited me as well. I was going to move from a business to a business. It was online and then it's a brick and mortar. And but a new challenge. New challenge, yeah. I was getting very bored. I remember the time I was very, very bored with what I was doing. And I really did want a new challenge. And I had the time. I, I had the time to dedicate to this. So I thought I would give it a go. So there was a transitional period between the two of my IT stuff and then doing a brick and mortar gym business. But now it's a bit isolated as well, working from home or an IT thing. You don't really get to interact with a lot of people. Yeah. So I was like purely, I didn't know any of my customers online. It was just like, it was just bits and bytes looking at data. That's all I was doing. The only interaction I had was B2B, like working with other businesses that I was working with. And a lot of them were around the world. It was a global business that I was doing. And I actually used to go to conferences once or twice a year. They'd be in London or somewhere in Europe. Yeah. Um, that was the only face-to-face interaction I would get. And I remember once, I think I took my partner with me at the time. She's like, oh, Chris, all these people know you. Because when I was, at, I was at home in my office, yeah, I was only hanging out with like friends and family, but yeah. wasn't really in an office space anymore. But prior to that, I actually really, really hated when I was working for other companies. Yeah. When I was just in a cubicle, nine to five, I actually really dreaded it. I hated it. I actually got to the point where I couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. And then I went out on my own and, and that's the big risk reward that you don't really know if you should be doing it. Even actually when I, to do this gym, I had lots of times where I'm like, what am I doing? I've actually done this, starting up this other business that's nothing what it was like before. But that's, I guess, the only way is to do it sometimes and just to give it a go. Well, having that strong why at the beginning of why you want to do it to push through those yeah. doubts or yeah. questions that come up. Yeah, definitely, for sure. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah, so much you just said then resonates with me because there have been times in the past where I've worked from home, been a, a solo dad as well. So basically, my only interaction was with the kids going to school, working at home, and then coming home and not having really any adult conversations for, you know, quite long periods of time. And uh, that would just, yeah, do your head in. And then I guess my thing was CrossFit, going to CrossFit in the morning. That was the community or the interaction that I was getting. So, yeah, yeah. I that would be. But I'm going through that now, like every second weekend, I've got the kids, a one and a half and a four and a half year old, and there's no adult conversation yeah. unless someone comes and visits or, yeah, it's, but it won't last forever. No. Yeah. <laughs> so I know from our previous chats, there was a period where you were weighing up potentially buying or taking over an existing gym uh, with members versus starting your own. What was the debate going on in your head there and how did you decide, decide on starting your own brand? Yep, so it actually all started with trying to initially, I want to do it myself, like as it is now, but finding a location was extremely difficult. When I, I always knew actually that that was probably going to be the hardest hurdle is to actually find where's the gym going to be and how does it all work. And when I dug deeper, then I realized that you actually need like the permits and stuff. A lot of zoning on the Gold Coast is light industrial. I mean, you're not actually allowed to run a sports and recreation facility under that zoning. You have to apply for a change of purpose. So I knew that wherever I found, that was in the back of my mind that that might get successfully awarded that change of purpose if you did apply for it unless you're in like a shopping center zone zone one or zone two you don't have to apply it's just by default you're allowed to run your gym but if you're in light industrial you have to actually apply for a change of purpose after a bit of research i actually found out prior to 2019 about 2018 someone i guess and I think rang up to council and actually not like dobbed in, but said there's lots of gyms on the cold coast that don't have the sports and rec. I do. And then a lot oh, actually yeah. had to actually shut down. Some did apply, but then I mean, I realized that they applied. It was all done on our car park capacity. 
So if you can only have two people in your car park, you can only service two people in the gym. So looking at your car space and and the, the road around it, you have to actually have that into consideration for the location. So I actually looked at a couple of sites and went, this is really hard. Talk to a town planner. He was really happy to give me free advice until I was ready to do a pre-planning meeting with council that if we did this site, would we actually get it? And they, so they give you a bit of, oh no, you won't get that site. So I did all that stuff too. So I got a town planner on board. And then I was like, geez, this is all too hard. This is like this is like two years prior to 2019. It's like 2017, 2018, it's just looking around. And I was like, just at my CrossFit gym and thought, oh, I don't know if this is going to happen. Started like looking at like doing maybe like the logo marketing, started looking at that a little bit. But I was like, if I don't find a location, there's no points. Then I think it was on the CrossFit Facebook site, Australian CrossFitters, like the owner posted that he was selling i didn't say who he was but obviously i just dm'd him then i went over to the day checked out i think it's urban southport urban and he showed me his books and stuff so i got a real insight how many members he had how much he would you know the, the margins and stuff oh, but that's all like confidential the lease that he had and all that sort of thing and i'd actually reached out to someone who was a crossfit owner down in sydney and it just ran to him um, through what i was trying to do so i didn't just you know, I've got some other advice that like, he was like, yeah, yeah, the industry. yeah. He's like, look, because they had taken over gym. He said, look, you can take it over. Uh, look, probably everyone can leave tomorrow, especially if they don't like the way you might want to run it. No one's tied to any contracts. He actually helped me with what he thought the gym was worth. And the reason why I didn't go ahead with Urban because we basically, I just thought what he wanted, it wasn't worth. And I just thought there's no way I was going to get to where he wanted. He didn't want that, like that particularly much, but I was basically taking on his lease, I reckon, pretty urban. much. Urban Southport, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, which, yeah, which then I think the other guys ended up taking uh, it over as well. Um, they, they took it on. Also, yeah, so when that sort of fell through, then I just sort of put it on the back burner for a bit. And then I was just looking at realcommercial.com.au, whatever it is, the, real, the local commercial real estate. Just always had that filter. I really want to be in Miami or Burley Heads. I just thought that little Miami look doesn't really have a CrossFit space around. No. And where I was, I was at Mermaid Beach. Um, so I knew there was an old CrossFit box sort of around here. So I knew it probably would work. It's very residential around here. I just thought that it would probably work if you had it around this area. I didn't want to be another gym over in the back of Burley Heads. Out with all the, there's so many gyms out there. Like if you go to Google Maps, they're just yeah. everywhere piled up. So that was, and I mean, this space we're in popped up for auction. I thought if I'm ever going to do this, this is the time to do it. And that capital I used to, to buy the warehouse was from a separate business. It was like almost like an investment. I had a lot of money sitting on the sidelines, not doing anything. Then it really was a probably smart business decision to buy some commercial property. Then I was going to operate what's going to happen inside the building. You could always lease it out. You can always lease anyway, it out. Yeah. yeah. I've even had the guy next door. He two weeks ago approached me and said, if you ever wanted to sell, I'm happy to buy it. And he gave me a very good offer. Mm. I'm not looking to, but that was always been my strategy was to hold this for 10 years. And that will be like a bit of a nest egg just holding the, the commercial property. Yeah. So that was sort of a bit of the, 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 the strategy. So it was tying back into the original question was why I... Well, yeah, so why to start one yourself? Yeah, why well, start one myself? That community yeah. building... Yeah, well, I thought, yeah, so that was the the existing one. You just didn't quite know if you would fit with the community. It makes a lot of sense. They can be quite clicky, I guess, in a a nice way. And if there's a bit of an exodus, yeah, sometimes it can take 
a lot of people. So then you've been and bought that goodwill leave. So yeah, to, to start it fresh, how you want it, yeah, makes yeah, some, makes yeah. I think sense. my offer to him was to buy the plant and equipment at whatever price he thought it was worth, and then percentage of the membership held for like the next six months, depending on how many people stayed. But he just wanted an upfront cash payment. He wanted to get out. He wanted other things he wanted to do. I just you want to pay him that what he wanted for it so that's fine then i did like the idea of starting from scratch that was pretty cool i like startup stuff from the very beginning you get to put your feel and, and touch on it yeah oh definitely for sure but if i had my time now two years later i would feel really confident to take over another one now because i know what i'm doing yeah okay. whereas at the start it's just too daunting too much so i'm quite probably relieved that i started and made my own mistakes probably would have resented a lot if i went over there a lot of people left i probably wouldn't have mentally coped with that whereas here it was just different it's from scratch i had a different mindset about it. different mind yeah different yeah. it's yeah approach that yeah 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 so chris you mentioned a couple of times about building the community and i don't know if i've said but i've actually been a part of that community a couple of times on and off over the last couple of years and i've made good friends especially on the gold coast mainly through crossfit to be honest but what sort of things did you do to build that community within your gym or to build that electric fitness community? So one thing I've realized since starting the gym business, it's yeah, it's like there's, there's two factors. There's getting in like leads, like people just finding it where you are. That could be they walk past the gym, have done a Google search, referrals. Like once you've actually up and running, people start referring others. Then once you've got them in, the other side of it is retaining them. So it all goes back to a client experience. And that could be many different factors. Like that could be, oh, it could be simple as like 20 point checklist of like, is your toilets clean? Is like when someone joins up, what are they experiencing for the first 30 days? You know, how are you just communicating? What is it that you do on their first day? All that stuff, I think about how we can make that better and better. One thing I, I when I've been in other CrossFit boxes, I always thought it could have been done better. A lot of it was like, you rock up, and it's like, hey, jump in sort of thing. I tried to, I reached out to other, I guess like gym systems and coaching groups as to how they thought you could do it. And based on that, tried to deep dive what would work for my business here. There were some really good things that I thought I could implement quite quick, like really like quick wins that could get done really, really, really easily, really small effort, but you get like a lot from it. When I first started business, there's a lot of one-time efforts, but once you've done it, it's sort of done. Yeah. Probably the hardest thing I find is like with the gym game is there's a lot of like tasks that just have to be done every day for the gym to keep running. But there's a lot of stuff that you can just set in motion once and then it just sort of just, you know, there's a bit more automation behind the scenes. It's good. It sounds like you, yeah, you didn't just look at across fit, like specific niche industry type things. You look from different areas. Yeah. How they look after customers to implement into here. Yeah, so like I like like the CrossFit group training model. Like that's what I want to get right first. You definitely branch out and do other avenues like personal training if you wanted to, or small so small group training, gymnastics or strength based or like yeah like areas. Or- yeah, so like like say so a gym is like it's like a pie. There's a pie there. Say maybe twenty percent of that pie is the programming that you do. Another thirty percent might be in terms of the coaching yeah. skills, how they how good they are as coaches. Another part might be what you're doing in terms of community social stuff. Then all these things, if you can improve it in little areas over time, suddenly it gets tighter and you're losing clients won't be as bad. You really like for this sort of business, you really want to get down to like under five percent, almost two and a half percent loss of members per month. 
So, you know, if you've got 50 members, you really only want to be losing one or two and maybe gaining, you know, three or four up to 10 a month. So you're always like net growing yeah, yeah, over there. time. Yeah. I think my goal was at the early days was just to get try and get try and grow by th- three new members a month. So if you think about like there's only 12 months in a year, like that, you know, when I first started, so I'm only trying to get to like 30 to 40 members. And with my, my overall goal is like, at the end of the day, I'm really just looking for like, say 50 to 60 people in this little nook is all I have to look after. Mm. And that's what I try and focus on, which can be hard. Like you do, a lot of people have lots of different things that they like and they'll leave for different reasons. But I've actually really tried to focus on the retention side. I'm really happy with the lead side of this business. I'm getting enough new people always inquiring. Also, I've developed like a filtering out process so when someone calls up one of the first things I ask them is that uh, have a little bit of a chat ask them like what their goals are then I ask like you know our group training is like you know $55 a week is that within your budget you know straight away they go oh oh, I wasn't expecting to pay 20 I was like oh we don't have anything for you right now don't have to worry about trying to convince that person to come over he's never going to be able to afford it Mm. so I just a lot of filtering out then I go through like a, a script that I just follow you know, pretty much to a tee every time. They're just to try and filter out, like ask some other questions like, you know, when you come down to the gym, I'm going to show you like our membership options. You can answer yes or no, just to make sure that when they come here, I'm actually sort of expecting you to join rather than just like, oh, I'll have a think about it. I've got to talk to my wife and then I'll tell you in, in five days. Then I'm like, oh, I'm just wasting my time. I want to try and sell that person. So that was probably the other big thing is actually getting better at actually selling yeah. the product. Someone has come in, they've done a Google search, they've walked past. I remember how petrified I was at trying to join a CrossFit gym that it took me, I reckon, like six months of courage to, to join it. I, I was still at fitness first and I was like, I'm going to try CrossFit fitness first. And I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I didn't know how to do this thruster thing. I just have to join this, this CrossFit thing and give it a go. So you just got to like, when someone actually comes here, you really should try and get them across the line and get them in the gym because you know you can help them at the end of the day, whether it's CrossFit or whether it's some sort of whatever, at the end of the day, it's going to be a positive change in their life if you can just if get them to get in. Yeah. yeah. And then the other side is it's just keeping them engaged and that's where I'm learning and trying to get better as to how to keep people engaged, interested. There's a lot of things you can do, but it's just trying to where is my time best spent doing that? Yeah. Uh, and, and who, and trying to put, you know, make the majority of the people in here better for them, not just sort of one or two people. That's sort of what I sort of try and focus on. Yeah. But so yeah. that sales process. Yeah. Um, something you just said then. Yeah. Like it's good, like you're pre qualifying people at the beginning. Yeah. So you're not wasting sort of their time or, or your time. Yeah. It's good. As opposed to another company you just mentioned there, where basically they'll get the people in. Do the reverse, dig at the pain points, yeah. get all the objections so that they can do the hard sell at the end yeah, yeah. And, and get them to become members. So yeah. they probably have a lot more churn or it's a cheaper membership or something like that. Yeah, I do like chicken out now and again, uh, especially maybe if someone gets referred from a friend or a friend, I don't force them to go through it. I've been a bit flexible. I know other gyms that do this sort of style where they really filter them out, go through, ask these questions get them in like you know I've said like get them in for like a consult we actually sit there and talk and I actually ask a few questions sometimes you get people a few it's like squirming I remember one lady asked me like she was just worried about what sort of music I played in the gym as her like reason why she was going to choose me or not and I'm like I don't know if you're going to be the best client for me at the end of the day like you're going to probably if you're always complaining about the music I don't know I'm if I want to enjoy the joy coaching you yeah yeah so yeah it's like trying to get attract better clients like we're suited for you trying to find more of them we get a, you get a lot of leads come in but there can be a lot of garbage leads mm. you just i'd almost prefer less people asking about me but every time they come in they come in i talk 
they join. Yeah, it's like a one-to-one conversion, and it doesn't waste my time. Yeah. and then they end up being happier because they found the gym that was suited them more. Yeah. So the more I'm clear with what sort of CrossFit gym who we're suited for, then when they hit the website, they're like, "Yep, yeah, that's the sort of CrossFit gym I want. Well, that's the sort of training I want. I'm ready to join. Right, come to the door. I don't even have to try and convince them. Yeah. The more that I can be better at like that sort of brand awareness." That's sort of like where I got to try and get to the next level, and that's building a stronger community because the people that are coming yeah. to the community are more like-minded and probably more likely to get along or have similar goals. Yeah, and not maybe letting in some of those squeaky wheels that might start. Like, yeah, like annoying people, so that yeah, the community gets stronger. Yeah, that's just like being on the gym side of it, like the gym game. Like that's just yeah. could be any any business. That's where I've just got to get more clear about yeah all that process, that client experience. And yeah, through that, like I do business coaching, that's helped me a lot to get clear on all that. The very first thing we go through is like, what is it your goal? And for me, it was actually more about a bit of a lifestyle thing. I wanted to get to a certain number of members where I thought it was like critical mass where things just start moving nice here and then just have sort of slow growth over time. I think if like 20 people tomorrow rocked up to the gym that want to join, I wouldn't even know how to handle it. It's just like one or two a month. Yeah. And then get to know them, slow the process down and try actually get guys you know to actually original fitness goals yeah yeah so so you just said then i guess with the client experience yeah is is that something i suppose when you look at your equipment yeah it's not the basic equipment i don't know how to the the equipment here is all yeah high quality good brands the even the lifting bars they're not just the standard lifting bars that you see at some other gyms you know the, the silver ones so i guess that's all part of that as well so when they come in the equipment that they're using and yeah. everything the whole experience of that session yeah definitely like it's funny like some people won't necessarily value that but like that's again that's like the pie so that another part of it is like i mentioned the programming the coaching the facility another one would be the equipment mm. the more better you can get in each area it's just going to add to that overall client experience they will come to appreciate it once they've used some of that other equipment <laughs> yeah they'll feel they'll realize how yeah. nice some of those bars are and smooth yeah and all those things um, another thing I do with the, the business coaching we actually do like a, a monthly I guess like report or scoreboard sort of type system and you really can actually see where you're falling down in the business and I can narrow in and say oh look maybe you need this month have a thing where you'll focus more on getting more leads another might be oh, getting better at retention another month might be let's improve your grade your coaching upgrade your programming so there's always through this business coaching that I've been doing that's really helped keep me on track I'm trying to keep me accountable, accountability for myself. Awesome. Just one thing, I guess, with the Shire thing, which I don't find funny, and I don't know if this if it's going to rattle, but the fact that you're only allowed as many members as car parks, but when you select a gym, like you said, you look spend a lot of time looking at the location, especially when you think of somewhere like Burley Heads, where a lot of people, you know, a lot of people here are probably health conscious and you know want to stay fit and everything like that. And also another thing, I guess, one thing that I do. When you're looking for a gym, you are looking for somewhere kind of close-ish because you don't necessarily always want to drive to a gym. And I suppose the other thing, me knowing that I was here, half the members that would come in the morning, especially the morning class, they either walked here or rode a bike. So the car park was really, wasn't even relevant to the amount of people that could come and train. So the council ever open to the fact that some members, you know, didn't drive or they were allowed to, you know, you had members that rode or walked or, do you know what I mean? Like yeah. that must be quite frustrating. Yeah. And then also 
like you say, it's lucky that you knew that beforehand or you researched that because if, if you'd done your sums and you're like, yep, this is going to be a viable business, I only need to have 15 people in each session, but then the council comes along with some silly rule that you can only have as many as your car parks, that then destroys the business plan. So, yeah. Yeah, so potentially, you, yeah. Yeah, so... Lucky you knew beforehand, I yeah. guess, with the sites, but it's a... Sh- yeah. yeah, so the change of purpose, I was told on average, takes about nine months to get approved. Mine wow. took two years. There wow. was a bit of council saying COVID set them back a bit. There was a flood of applications, not just for gym. There's a couple of breweries that came in this area having changed of purpose or just the council wanted to slow things down and make sure they got the car parking situation right i can understand because like just say it was like say fitness first the problem with council is that they don't really classify they classify fitness first they can hold thousands of members the same as a a boutique studio that's only looking to service say small group classes of like 10 or less it's the same change of purpose license so with the car parking we did argue the point that look a lot of our members are riding their bikes in a walk-in they did not take that as a way to come up with the cap that they did it was purely on-site car parking and two off street that's all they were willing to give us Mm. to give me the license here whatever they said i would make it work i was just like Okay, capping at 10 makes it actually really good for coaching. You've got one to 10. A lot of people complain about that. They don't get equipment. They fall in the gaps, not enough equipment. I'll just add more time slots. I'm happy with that. That gives more to the members. They can choose between a 5.30, if I was to grow to that, rather than being like 30 in the class. The coach didn't really look at them that day or they're not really getting coached up like they should. Yeah. And the reality was we're a new business. I'm not at that point yet anyway. And I was like, it's probably a good problem to have down the track where you might cap out the classes. So long as I knew that around about, I was going to be around about that 10, I was like, I was happy. That's a doable business. I can manage that. But yeah, if it came back where they said, look, we can't give you like six, you're going to have six in the class. I probably would have folded the business. It wouldn't have worked. But in the pre-planning discussions, they with my town planner, he was like, yeah, on site. Will that work for you, Chris? He said, we tried to get to 15. They got back to 10. Yeah, that was what we could do like one coach on site and then it's pretty funny because we had to do a survey of the car spots you come out here at 5.30, there's no cars here so it wouldn't affect anyone the only one is like we've got the 9.30 class which is in business hours and they actually made our cap at 8 for that so but I can still make it work but uh, yeah it was a little bit of a like am I ever going to get this mm-hmm. I remember in the early days I was a few sleepless nights about the will council shut this down or won't get approved but after a while it was like a year later I just didn't care then COVID happened and still just didn't care then actually someone came around once they're looking at the car parking council and she came up to me and she's like oh do you think that's a car spot over there and I said oh people park there all the time because she was surveying the car spot and um, she's like oh you know what? No, nothing wrong everything's good here keep going on so I had sort of the heads up that I'll get it it's just going to be a matter of time and when I got that I was sort of like pretty felt pretty secure that this can always stay here I wasn't going to have to like move even myself yeah. on a motorbike I, I think I was parked on the side there didn't take up a yeah. spot anyway yeah there's a little sneaky spot there that people yeah. like to park in there that's what she was asking do you think that's a car spot and I said people park there all the time yeah. but yeah they actually took away one spot in our original plan as well one of our sides in the car park they thought only two cars could get in there but you know so they were really tough mm. to, to get over the line it's interesting. But that, that's the way it is yeah. you just touched on something there that i wanted to ask about as well and i think that probably comes back to community but covid like how long had you been going when covid hit and how did you navigate that because that obviously everyone getting locked down and not being able to get yeah. to the gym 
Yeah, so it was actually, I hadn't even been going for a year. From, yeah, 2019 open, then COVID was March 2020. So then we didn't know how long the lockdown was, ended up being two months. I actually probably didn't handle it that well. I think I could have communicated a lot better, had a, a, a strategy, but no one knew what was going on. Yeah, we didn't yeah. know how long it was going to last. So it was like, I just thought like, my first thought was like, put everyone on hold and just maybe lease out equipment and that's how I went about it. Some members reached out and said, look, I'm happy to support the gym, just keep it going. Then I ended up leasing out pretty much probably half of people's memberships. The second lockdown that happened for a week, I didn't put anyone on hold. I was like, let's just see how I can make it work. And then if someone really needs to put it on hold, then we'll go down that path. But let's see if we can do something and make it work. Yeah, the COVID thing, yeah, it was just a really unknown last year. But we've been very lucky that we haven't had to position or transition too much since then. Yeah. I do have like, yeah, I, you know, looking down Sydney and Melbourne, yeah, guys, it's been months now and they've just transitioned to outdoor training because that's all they can do, government guidelines. I, yeah, I rented the air bike. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they kept me a little bit on track. Yeah. <laughs> it, I it was, that machine. Yeah, we tried Zoom calls. Like, it was, it was only like three or four were interested, but I still did one a day. Um, I know some bigger gyms that have like a bigger membership they were doing almost like their regular class schedule, and people were doing it. Some people just really need the direction. A lot of people just would like to like just train at home. That's what a lot of people like. So it's just being flexible, trying to... And then the last lockdown, you could do outdoor training. So we just set up training equipment outside for that one week. And that really... People actually really liked that. They enjoyed that. It was really good. So if it continued on, we just kept doing that, I would say. If we were in like a longer lockdown, we've just been working every hour on the hour one-on-ones yeah, so that, that would have been the transition through, yeah and yeah. just to keep us going through this period like right now i'm confident if that ever happens again that if there isn't we'll get through it to the other side where i think the members and stuff or the community knows that it's not forever now you get out of lockdowns yeah so everyone's pretty supportive i think around that as yeah. well so chris do you have any big hairy audacious goals for electric fitness yeah, so when I first started, I was yeah had bigger goals than I do now. For some reason, had the idea that I could do like maybe multiple locations. I thought that would be really interesting to, to do that on the coast or yeah, like yeah. across this just like on the coast. State. Yeah, so you could have like electric fitness, Burley Hairs, electric fitness, Southport, electric fitness. You know, another suburb or something. Yeah, yeah. And I've seen it. It is done by other guys on the coast in independent gym world that have their own brands. And plus, yeah, in Sydney, Australia, there's like there's franchises, but there's also people who have independent gyms or a couple of different CrossFit gyms. I thought I could really give that a good crack. But now, since running the first one, I've just narrowed it down just to get this right first, get this moving to where I'm happy. And I do have a more smaller goal, more like in terms of like how much take home, like top line revenue, net revenue, and also just a membership goal that I'd like to have as well in my mind. And then once I sort of hit Sort of have like a, probably like a year goal, what I want to try and hit by this time, you know, July 2022 yeah. in terms of membership, revenue, and see how I'm tracking and make little adjustments along the way. So I think once you set a goal, it's, you can sort of look back to that as like your direction. I'm on track, I'm off track. Without that but, goal, you don't know where you're going. Yeah. Are you going to get there or if you get there or... Yeah. Yeah, like I do like the wandering aimlessly part of the business though. Sometimes I find that I overthink about things way too much and then that gets me, my mindset in the wrong space. Sometimes I think I operate better 
where I'm just like a real happy person. If I try and like think of, if I'm not, not hitting this stuff, it's almost like even with my CrossFits, I actually really just enjoy the process of training. You I don't too really focused on the yeah. Course. I don't really worry about too much of what other people are doing or this, that, the other. I just know if I'm getting small little wins in my training, then that's good for me. Like I do like CrossFit competitions and stuff to challenge myself, keep myself a little bit more accountable here and there. But I don't. So even like with the business, yeah, I have little goals, but I don't try and get too hung up on them either. So it is what it is. Like a, one big goal you're happier having multiple smaller goals yeah. which, you know, help you make sure you're on the right track and yeah. achieving the things you want to achieve yeah one thing I learned with my business coaching actually I wish I had this in my previous IT business because I was anal sleep I was lucky that I got fortunate enough that the business grew a lot in terms of like revenue with this one they really drummed down like a 30 day business plan 90 day business plan year goal so what does your current 30 days look like what does your current 90 days look like and actually try and actually put something on paper actually helps and that it does because otherwise it's all up in your head so i have a spreadsheet where it's like at my 90 day what i want to try and do in the next 90 days in the gym if i don't get it who cares as long as i'm going with an effort to try and get it done um, i think that helps yeah yeah there's probably a lot of opening three gyms in one area that would yeah. change your role i would imagine like you would end up sort of being more high level having to manage multiple locations that have been able to be inside that was the plan like oh when i first opened up electric i wasn't doing any coaching i just really got my crossfit coaching um, level one so i could just affiliate i was always going to plan to be just the gym manager i didn't want someone to coaching only because at the time i was wanted to be around my family a lot i really enjoyed that mm. and i wanted to be there for my family and coaching really at the end of the day is something that you can really in the gym world can really offload like you can get caught up a lot of i saw seeing a lot of crossfit coaches owners that owners CrossFit coaching in the business all the time. Like even today, I'm coaching every single class today and I my energy has to just be for the classes. I cannot think about anything else for this business. But when I'm not coaching, I've got a lot of time to grow the business. But if you're like a small, small independent CrossFit coach owner, stuck you're stuck business. in doing, say, maybe 80% of the hours. You, mm. It takes a lot of energy. Plus, you're doing your own training. So that was, I was very like mindful of that, not to be stuck in it. I want to be working on the business. So yeah, almost working on the business becomes yeah. secondary to working in it. It's a funny thing, but... I didn't want to be, I felt I was maybe off the pulse of what was happening. I had to always talk to the coaches and they were very, like most of them are just like, they're just here to coach. They're not there to like tell me about every little thing that the member's doing. So that goes into like, then I had to like have weekly meetings with the coaches and then, yeah, it sort of was like becoming this big, big business, but I'm not that not there yet. So I've had a bit of a rejig. I then thought, I know, I want to I get better at coaching myself, have that skill up. And at the end of the day, if all the coaches leave, I'm the one who has to cover You're not the coach. Like, yeah. And I've actually really enjoyed my journey. I'm getting more confident coaching as well, but I don't want to be doing all the classes as well. Like I'm in my 40s. I don't need to be doing all the classes. It is a good opportunity for some other younger guys to do coaching that are passionate mm-hmm. and they can maybe grow. They want to grow into maybe running it themselves one day or they want to go and do some personal training on the side to supplement the, the CrossFit coaching. But yeah, I was actually not even going to... That was my idea was to like run it all and I was going to follow some business systems and structures to sort of help me get there. But I was like, nah, man, I just need to figure out this one. Then through last year, I suddenly went from... The plan was oh, I was going to have more family time, not much, and just do gym manager stuff to like I've actually got all this extra time that I was like, nah, I can actually work in the business more. And it's actually helped me understand how a CrossFit gym 
works. Having more rapport with all the members as well as an owner, I think really helps as well. Just to make sure I'm still in touch yeah. with what's happening in the community. What do you enjoy most about owning the gym? Well, even like the gym and the, uh, it is like, it suits my lifestyle. Like it suits me that I can just change direction whenever I want. I can pretty much like have a lot of flexibility in my day. I like to just work in like flushes of energy. So I could do like really lots of hours in one week. Another week I might just do bare minimum. I like to sit back and let the business run for a bit, not change much. I just like to just, I just find it interesting. One thing is like, you've got to make all the decisions. Every decision rests on you. And sometimes that even like we're, uh, we're having a, a discussion of, um, before about, um, I sometimes put polls out on the forums, ask members, but when it comes back 50-50, <laughs> that's like, yeah. well, in the day, it's, it's like, it, there's no clear direction as to which way we should go on this really small maybe decision. Yeah. So I just like just having the, yeah, like the freedom, the control of my, you know where things are going. Slightly similar question, but I think because you've mentioned a couple of times like previous businesses, uh-huh. I guess what, what do you love most about being a small business owner as opposed to just the gym? And I guess what's the most important things you've learned from being a small business owner? Yeah, so I learned a lot. So when I, my other business, I didn't set out to be a, a business, a small business owner. I was just like unemployed and then just started being sole traderish. And then some revenue started coming in. Then I just Googled around like accountant, need an accountant or something. And then they're like, all right, go set up a trust, set up, set up this structure. Then I didn't understand that the trust or the, the, doing the bookkeeping for the first year or this IT business was running. I had no idea what I was doing. I was on the Sunshine Coast, moved to the Gold Coast. And then I found that the accountant will have now. Thank God I found him. I've learned he's sh- shown me like your accountants are so important for a small business. You have a really good accountant that will keep you <laughs> accountable as well. Yeah, and he some of the stuff that he says to me, I have no idea what he's still talking about. But I just trust him. <laughs> I'm <laughs> yeah. not laughing at you because it's probably a common thing. Well, Shree, the other half of everything small business, the other host, is an accountant. Yeah. And he's my accountant and the, the business accountant and yeah. the same, a similar thing. Like the, the knowledge is, is yeah. outstanding and, and sometimes yeah. you're just like, that sounds amazing. So yeah, that, yeah my I don't know been, what you said, but that sounds yeah. fantastic. Yeah, he's been good because he, um, he came from a financial advisory background and he actually go, actually hate the industry now. They just like, they're just out for like, it's all money driven, ripping off clients. He's just like a pure accountant. This is what the tax rules are. This is what we're going to do really squeaky clean it's always like we want to make this your book squeaky clean yeah like you ever get audited really down the line he's always good like he's real conservative like I'm a bit more like I think he looked at some stuff I do it's like guys just back yourself Chris don't need to like we could go down to this account or this advisory person about you know so I had a bit more money in play but he's just like just back yourself I back your judgment you know just go after what you want to do even like I said I want to do the gym business he didn't really bat an eyelid too much he just sort of helped me out all the way yeah, that's probably like one of the biggest things I've learnt was um, just that yeah, accountancy side of things for a small business is really important. You can get messed up pretty quick, even like just paying taxes, having the money there to pay for the taxes that are coming down the line, just setting up really like yeah, I never really had employees. I had contractors in my IT business, which is really super good. They're all overseas contractors. So you just send them like money overseas and whatever but here it's like calling someone local a lot more to do there's super contributions there's a lot more things to consider 
things cost more in Australia. When I was working my IT business, you could get a lot of freelancers that charge not that much for really good work. Here in Australia, it's it's a lot more to employ labor. It's a lot more here. I guess anyone out there that's thinking of starting a gym, yeah. what would be the three things that you've learned that yeah. would be good for them? You know, things they can should consider. I think I could probably name them actually after listening. Yeah. Location, looking at any regulations prior, good accountant. <laughs> yeah, I guess probably also who your customer is, who your ideal customer is and how you're going to formulate your brand positioning marketing advertising strategy to look after that customer which is it like any bit all businesses really like that's the foundational yeah. sort of thing you need to get in yeah 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 like if you're you know advertising just purely to the wrong market you're going to probably be in a world of hurt pretty quick so you want to high try churn rates and high churn rates high churn rates yeah um, which some gym models that's actually what they do they don't really care they just sign you in but the big chains they just get you on 18 month contracts and know you're probably only gonna go for like the first two months, but you're stuck. Yeah. Whereas like the CrossFit from the very get go is always month to month. So that's very much sort of hard to get away from. People like that. I've tried to introduce some contracts in there like a three month and a six month to try and get a little bit of a more of a commitment that you're gonna be around. And also access is more of just like, you know, you're doing this training, you're committed, oh, I'll keep turning up, I'll pay for this. That's so more of a, accountability thing as well i think the a good difference a big difference with crossfit as well say compared to some of the bigger ones you get that membership then you walk into this place that's full of equipment and there's guys in front of the mirror doing it you know or the mirror muscles or whatnot and it's it's quite overwhelming and daunting and like what do you do and what are you working on you can get lost but you come into a crossfit gym you don't really have to think about that there's a the program you can follow the thing i always found like it's almost like a team sport but it's not a team sport like you're doing your own individual thing but you're supporting each other as if you're in some kind of team sport like which is a community it's a yeah a a strange thing to kind of describe to people i think sometimes that haven't done crossfit I'd say like if, if someone has come in, they've done, done CrossFit, they've been around for six months to a year, they're actually probably really good at actually training by themselves. They've actually, it's almost like you're being a bit of an educator. Then at the point, and what do they need us for anymore? Then, then you have to go a bit deep and go, yeah, it's got to be a bit more community driven, social driven, do social events. But I have found that generally people in, in CrossFit, they're actually become quite good at fitness, like skills, movement. Yeah, could actually probably be a coach themselves one day or go out there if they wanted to and actually their friends and family how to squat properly, how to do a push-up properly. So that's what we try and, you know, teach like best form practices because you are getting coached and someone looking at you doing it. Yeah, you are learning. Yeah. You're learning indirectly, aren't you? Like if you go and... What? That's what a coach is. So sometimes you can fall into like being like an instructor or just running a class and not... But if you're actually trying to be a coach... And improving. Improving. And it might be even be more on the mental side. Like where maybe I might personally like lack in my maybe technical spotting like people's little minor faults in a movement and not, not picking them up on it straight away. I try and be more like, at least be like, build rapport with them, be nice to them, have a chat after the class. Yeah. That goes a long way too. So you again, break like, them down when they're trying hard. Yeah, you could be the world's best coach, but if you're just an asshole or, a, or yeah. a dick that no one likes you, then there's no point coaching. And also the other way, if you're just the world's nicest person, but you're not going to be not you know, helping them, pushing them or progressing in where you just can't see 
how to get them to, to, to leap ahead, then that's probably not going to be good either. So you've always got to be getting better as a coach, as like a business owner as well. Yeah. You've got to keep trying to get a little bit better. Get out of that comfort zone. Yeah. Yeah. If you can get out of, yeah, out of your comfort zone a lot. So like, you know, we do that with CrossFit. So that sort of helped me a bit. But like I feel really comfortable being uncomfortable doing the CrossFit training. Now it's trying to do that in the business side, which I still squirm. Still things I'm resistance against to try and grow the business or maybe give something a go just because I'm not maybe like it's just not my thing so but other people might like it so I've got to like try and expand my horizons with things I do yeah being comfortable uh, comfortable being uncomfortable yeah so that's what I probably find challenging the growth side well finally where can they find electric fitness online where can they find out more information yeah over the gym the website's just electricfitness.com.au. I think Instagram, if you probably search for electric fitness, it'll come up. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today, Chris. I really appreciate the time. And I think there's a lot that our listeners are going to be able to take away from your small business story, especially things like looking at other industries and seeing what people outside of your area are doing that are being successful. So look, we wish you the best success um, moving forward. And I hope we get the opportunity to catch up again soon. Well, that's everything small business for today. Thank you for listening. If you enjoy our show, please rate and review us in your favorite podcast app and make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode. If you know someone who needs to hear this episode, please share it with them or share it with on your socials and tag us as we believe lessons learned should be lessons shared. Until next time, this is everything small business.